If you're loving the Bible Brief, will you take just a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? We're having hundreds of people every week try out the show, and we want you to help even more discover the Bible Brief. Potential listeners depend upon your reviews to learn why they should listen. So will you do us a favor? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Join the cause to help the world learn the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Isaac is bound. Abraham lifts his knife. Today we see the sacrifice on the mountain in Moriah. The sacrifice provided by God. On the Bible Brief. There was a thought in Abraham's mind as he lifted the knife. It was something that he had considered ever since he heard that call from God three days before. He knew in his bones that God had repeatedly said that he would accomplish his promises through Isaac. And he didn't just say it once. God had said it over and over again. God had said, through Isaac your offspring shall be named. God had said that I will establish my covenant through Isaac. And yet the same God also said that Abraham should sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering here in Moriah, here on this mountain. Somehow, in some way, God would establish his promises through Isaac. Abraham didn't understand it all, but one thing he did understand was God's faithfulness to his promises. God had been faithful through so many decades of Abraham's life culminating in the birth of Isaac, the promised, miraculous son. And God would be faithful, even now. Even now when Abraham couldn't understand. In the last three days, there was only one thing that Abraham could possibly think of that God could do next. God would raise Isaac from the dead. That had to be it. That had to be the solution. After all, God is faithful to his promises. So Abraham lifted the knife to slaughter his son, his only son, the son he loved. You can imagine the stillness of the moment, with Isaac bound and on top of the wood, looking into his father's eyes, the father who he trusted. And you can imagine the anguish of Abraham looking into Isaac's eyes as the decision was made to be obedient to God. Abraham would sacrifice his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. God said, Do not lay a hand on your boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham passed the test, and the test didn't require the resurrection of Isaac. Instead, the Lord stops Abraham just before he goes through with the sacrifice. Abraham, in all his obedience, has demonstrated his true faith in God and in the promises of God. Even when he didn't understand, Abraham obeyed. Faith, it turns out, is demonstrated not so much in great acts 
but in each step of obedience to God. Abraham had seen God's faithfulness in his past, and he walked forward to an unknown future, depending on God's continued faithfulness. Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. The end of the book of Hebrews tells us that he even considered that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead to accomplish his promises. And now, here in the 21st century, we've heard of resurrection before. But Abraham? For Abraham, this was a novel thing. Something he had never heard of and never experienced. It was simply the only explanation that he could come up with where God would remain faithful to his promises. The resurrection of his son his only son, the son he loved. And just as Abraham responded to Isaac when asked about the offering, God indeed provides an offering for them. Let's keep reading. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Instead of Isaac, Abraham sacrificed a ram on the altar that he had built. At the last moment, God provided a substitute. God could have simply instructed Abraham to go home. But as we've seen in the Bible, God is honored by these animal sacrifices. Sacrifices that point to two things. The first being God's perfection and holiness apart from humanity. And the second being the penalty for sin. The death penalty that every person deserves because of their sin. The animal is a substitute death, acknowledging humanity's dependence upon God's mercy to even live life to any extent on the earth. Furthermore, These animal sacrifices show the need for an ultimate solution for the death penalty. A solution still over a thousand years away in the Bible story. Okay, so upon seeing Abraham's faith and obedience and the sacrifice of the ram, God speaks again out of heaven with the strongest affirmation yet that his promises to Abraham are sure. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice." For Abraham, this is the final affirmation of the Abrahamic covenant. God again expresses that he will multiply the offspring or seed of Abraham so that he has many descendants. But God also does something specific here. You see, the word offspring or seed can act in a plural or a singular way. That is, you can speak of many seed or one seed and use the same word. God gives us a clue here of how to understand it. Notice God says that your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Here God shows that this seed who will defeat his enemies is a singular masculine seed, which is the exact same kind of usage as in the curse of the serpent way back in Genesis 3, 
Remember, God said to the serpent that the seed of the woman will crush your head and you will strike his heel. In the Abrahamic covenant, and especially in this final affirmation to Abraham, we see God promising this coming seed who will defeat his enemies and bless all the nations of the world. After this affirmation by God, Abraham is able to leave the mountain in Moriah with his son Isaac and with an even stronger assurance of the promises of God. Abraham demonstrated his faith, and God promised Abraham a reward for his obedience, a reward that would echo to the end of the world. God has promised, God has made a covenant, and God has sworn to Abraham. This covenant is irrevocable. God will give Abraham and his offspring land, seed, and blessing. The land of Canaan seed in abundance, and blessing to the world through a particular seed of Abraham. After Abraham returns home with his son Isaac, the Bible is essentially silent for the next several years. Silent until Abraham is 137 years old. And at 137, elderly Abraham mourns the death of his wife, Sarah. The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 23. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Sarah had been with Abraham through thick and thin. From the very beginning, she had come with him to the land of Canaan when she was 65 years old. She had come barren with no hope of children. And yet she died with a child of her own who was now 37 years old. And Abraham's next step is to honor her in death by finding a proper burial place for her body. Next we read this. And Abraham rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and a foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of sight. The Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my Lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will withhold from you his tomb or hinder you from burying your dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land. So Abraham wants to buy a piece of property within the land of Canaan to bury his wife, Sarah. And despite these Hittites wanting to simply give him the land for burial, he insists on paying full price. From the very beginning, Abraham in his faith insists that he will not receive anything from the Canaanites, but will instead receive his blessing from the Lord. So he pays full price. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that were in it were made over to Abraham as property for a burying place by the Hittites. With this property purchase for the burial place of Sarah, we see the first instance of Abraham realizing another part of God's promises to him. The land of Canaan, if even the very smallest portion, has been deeded to Abraham. And in an odd way, in buying this plot of land, Abraham in a way says, just as my wife has died here, so my descendants will live here. And then, 
After Sarah's death, Abraham's focus shifts to those descendants even more. His next great task is finding a wife for Isaac. Not a wife from the Canaanites, but a wife from among his own people. Join us next time as we meet Isaac's wife, a faithful woman who leaves her own land and her own family to a new future in the land of Canaan. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.